with the exception of the lemonade that Q is drinking this morning, nothing is sweeter than a Victory Monday, and that's what we're going to be celebrating here on Morning Scramble, presented by Verizon. Cardinals returned from the road with another win, 26-16 victory over the Carolina Panthers to now be 2-2, two and two, alongside Q McCorvey and Craig Grealu. I'm Danny Sarak. You really didn't expect me to not bring that up. That that's what you're choosing to drink this early the in the morning. I want to get the point across that this is also Marcus Golden's favorite drink from Starbucks. Uh, strawberry acai lemonade has caffeine in it, so it counts. Okay, fine. It counts. The important <laughs> news is the curse has been lifted, Craig. I'm not sure if you believe in curses. However, prior to Sunday's win, the Cardinals had not won in Carolina since the 2008 playoffs. They hadn't won in the regular season since 2002. That's all gone now. I do not believe in curses, but for whatever reason... Didn't matter the head coach, the quarterback, the Carolina Panthers just had the Cardinals number. But I had a feeling going into this game that that was going to change. One, the Panthers just aren't a great team, especially on offense. And the Cardinals needed to be 2-2 and here after four weeks. So I liked what I saw in the second half, maybe not so much in the first half. Yeah, October is spooky and curses lifted. So it's a great way to start the month off and especially going into these uh, last two games without DeAndre Hopkins, uh, getting back to 500 is crucial, like you said. For those of you on the live stream on Twitter at AZ Cardinals, let us know comments, questions you have. We'll try and get to those in this episode. Let's start out with the main dish. Overall thoughts on this performance. Craig, what would you think? Kyler Murray called last week's performance bad football the first half in Carolina on Sunday was just plain unwatchable on both sides both offenses unwatchable so if you just look at the second half and this is now we can talk about all right if you believe in momentum or just the confidence of quarters three and four can you now build upon that going into week five against the Philadelphia Eagles Defense was outstanding from start to finish. The offense finally woke up, and I believe Kyler even talked about that felt like they were sleepwalking in the first two quarters. This is a trend that is going to be discussed and discussed until it no longer becomes a trend, but you cannot be held scoreless in the first quarter and be minus 50 in the first half through these four games. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's not sustainable for a regular season. Yeah, especially when you go against the Eagles, who are coming into town next week, the only undefeated team left in the league and a powerhouse on offense. You don't score in that first quarter, first half, you're down big and you're not coming back on that Eagles offense or Eagles defense. I mean, I saw a stat this morning. We are the last place in, half score, in first half scoring with four points per game in the scoring in the first half. So something's got to change. I agree with you, Craig, on the sense that you want to try and build off that second half. However, they didn't really do that after that Vegas comeback win. So they have to find a way to do that before they host the Eagles. Q, you were in the press box. Another game where late in the fourth quarter, your fingers were moving very quickly for Twitter. What were your initial reactions just as a whole as you were watching the game? Yeah, I mean, it's tough as a social media guy on Twitter. You guys all give me a lot of... Heat on that, um, especially in the first first half when there's not much going on. Um, and then in the second half, kind of everything happens at the exact same time. And that's just our team right now. Um, slow starts and then fast finishes. So a uh, second half team. And you can't really, like you said, you can't be a second half team throughout the entire regular season. Something's got to change. And yeah, it's nice and all now when we're actually winning games. But it can't be your identity to be a second half team. Because like we've seen before in the last, our first, our two home games, when you don't catch up in those quick games, you're going to be left behind. Yeah, this team, this was the first game the Cardinals held a lead at all 
in the season. Took them four weeks. I agree with you guys. Look, the glimmer of hope is we got a chance at what this team can look like if they play a full game of complimentary football. They are still the only team in the league yet to score a point in the first quarter. Those slow starts are an issue, right? The pick six in the second quarter by Kyler Murray, that is an issue. And talking to players in the locker room post game, asking about the identity of this two and two team, the main word was resilient, that they have now multiple times found a way to make those halftime adjustments and come back from a deficit and look like a completely different team in the second half. Second half. Again, that is not sustainable. The way that when Kyler Murray threw 58 passes with zero touchdowns last week was not sustainable either. Definitely things to work on. The good news is the defense continues to force turnovers. Every game this season, they have forced a turnover three in Carolina. And the other thing I was impressed with as a whole in the defense was stopping the run, especially having Rashard Lawrence out inside that interior defensive line with a hand injury. He had surgery after last week's game. I thought that this defense did a good job stopping the run. Carolina held to just 40 rushing yards. Running back Christian McCaffrey, who entered this game coming off back-to-back 100-plus rushing yard games, held to just 27 yards, zero touchdowns on the ground. He did have that one receiving touchdown at the end of the game, garbage time. However, I was impressed by how this defense improved at stopping the run, and I think it was a good look at what this team can really look like if they find a way to play a full game of complimentary football. Defensive coordinator Vance Joseph always preaches stop the run, first and foremost. And going into this week's game, it was stop Christian McCaffrey, and they held him to his lowest rushing total since 2019. And I think it's important to note, Danny, that no Richard Lawrence, who's probably been their best interior defensive lineman. So now you got to credit Michael Dogby, Lucky Foe, too. There was a little bit of Jonathan Ledbetter as far as the interior of that defensive line. We'll get into Zach Allen and J.J. Watt a little bit later on. But I think the key to slowing down any offense is to take away that ground game. Force a quarterback to throw the football because you throw the ball a lot. It's more times to make a mistake, as we've seen in the past, especially with the Arizona Cardinals. Especially with a quarterback like Baker Mayfield, True. who likes to hold on to the ball for a little bit longer than most. Exactly. We saw that, last, or you said we'll talk about it a little bit later, but we saw how Baker likes to hold on to the ball and passes get deflected and passes get picked off in that, in, in that case. Yeah, absolutely. I think a big confidence booster. And that was, I think, an important part to look at with this win is the mental side of things. Entering this game, knowing it was a very winnable game. To be 2-2 two and two is very different than had this team lost and you're 1-3, especially before you host the undefeated Philadelphia Eagles. Craig, mentally, I know we talked about this with the win in Vegas, that 20-point deficit, the overtime comeback, thrilling victory in the mental side of the game. But to walk away with this win, how important was it? Because had you lost to a bad Carolina team, I'm not sure mentally how this team would be able to recover with the tough opponents coming up on the schedule. I can tell you the fan base mentally would not have been <laughs> able to handle a loss to the Carolina Panthers. Trust but me, those those players in the locker room understand that, and you heard it time in and time again, never give up. They will always fight to the end, which is great. But the big takeaway is, okay, if you do have a lead, even if it is 13 to 10, and you're playing with the lead, then you can have that playbook expand a little bit and you can lean on the running game. And again, Cliff mentioned it post game. The number of times this team hits that 30 rush mark over the past two seasons, they're undefeated. 9 0 last year, now 1 0 this year. More of a balanced offense on Sunday than we've seen all season long, but that's because one, 
the the opponent a little bit, but two, you able to keep the game close and play with the lead. And now all of a sudden you can you can open up and expand what you want to do and get everyone more involved. Yeah, definitely. Kyler said that this in the locker room at halftime, this team had the juice. They knew that they, this was a winnable game. And that goes to that mental side of things. Like it was, like you said, the team a little bit that they were playing, but also the fact that we know we could come back from this uh, seven point deficit at half. Like it was definitely a closable gap. And the team knew that mentally. And to see if, if this momentum continues is kind of the biggest question mark. Definitely more balanced. Would you have that flexibility when you do have the lead of the 338 total net yards for the Cardinals? 132 of those on the ground, 206 in the air. Let's get a little more specific. Let's go to our rise and shine, our player of the game. I'm going to start with you, Q, because once again, you were very quick with your response when we were talking as a group with our producer, Jacob Ortiz, on who you wanted. So I know you feel very emphatic about your rise and shine, player of the game. So you take it away. Before you contend, I just want to make a point. Our Emmy Award winning producer. There it is. <laughs> Jacob Ortiz, who also has a song stuck in my head, Hollywood Swinging. Hollywood Brown threw four games, 30 receptions, 339 yards, and two touchdowns. He is Mr. Reliable for Kyler Murray. Um, the connection, he said, was comfortable. I mean, that's why we brought him in here. Uh, to When Kyler is looking for someone, he knows where Hollywood is, and it's a for sure catch, honestly. I mean, we saw... One catch on the uh, in the first half on the end zone uh, where he toe-tapped and made an incredible play. And then, obviously, at the end of the game, third and two, Kyler makes a great read, puts a ball right in his lap, and, Kyler, and Hollywood makes a spectacular catch. So he trusts Kyler. Kyler trusts him, and it's why we brought him in here. Not only that, but his celebrations were pretty great I Sunday, mean, too. Obviously. The Hollywood comes angel. off as a quiet, quiet guy, <laughs> but his dance moves and his snow angels also – a little, I think it was a little tribute to D Hop because D Hop did do a snow angel last year. Was it in Cleveland against Baker? Might have been in Cleveland against Baker. So oh, you might be right. So it's a little snow angel. So D Hop coming back, maybe we'll see two snow angels. <laughs> little double side by side. side, side by side snow angels. There's no snow in Arizona, but we'll take it. We'll Craig. take it. Go to Flagstaff. Rise and shine player of the game. My rise and shine player of the game, just by suiting up, JJ Watt. Forget the fact that he had three tackles and two passes defense and played out of his mind like he has all season. But the news that we got pregame, which was stunning, and his tweet about having his heart shocked back into rhythm on Thursday, that was, one, scary to read. And then you're concerned about the person, not so much the player, and wondering, all right, this happened earlier in the week. Now three days later, you're going to play in an NFL game? And it was in a very emotional press conference watching J.J. Watt, even for me, and the emotion that he was standing in front of reporters and even teary-eyed a couple of times because that was a huge decision. I would not have faulted him one bit. In fact, if it was me, I probably would not have played. But I like what he said about, okay, I've been assured multiple times by multiple people I can play and have no future issues or immediate issues now this might flare up again it could not but the fact that he had his heart shocked back into rhythm on Thursday and then on Sunday had three tackles and two passes defense and really keyed that defense knocking down balls at the line of scrimmage helping stop the run I don't think there's any question J.J. Watt could be the rise and shine player of the year based off that performance absolutely Talking about emotions, too, the part of the story was he tweeted so closely to kickoff because 
he got word that it was going to be leaked nationally. So something he wanted to get ahead of before the game, just get that out of the way. And also him and his wife are expecting their first child very soon. And he talked about the dichotomy of the fact they've been looking at these ultrasounds of their baby, of their son they're expecting in a few short weeks to then go to looking at ultrasounds of his heart. A very emotional week, understandably so. I could see why you say he might be Rise and Shine Player of the Year even this early on. And remember, when J.J. Watt plays, this team plays very well on defense. They've only lost, if you count the postseason, two games with J.J. Excuse me, three games. You're right. Three games, postseason, and then two this year with J.J. Watt on the field. Only one. He didn't play the first game. Right? Yeah, calf injury. Oh, that's right. Correct. Yeah, I stand corrected here. On Morning Scramble. Morning Scramble. I got you. That's what I'm here for, Craig. I got you. <laughs> My rise and shine player of the game, which I stole from Craig Grelu, is defensive lineman <laughs> Zach Allen, who has just played better every single game, which is what you would expect from him in year four, that contract year. So far, not dealing with any injuries, something he has had to handle every year up until this point is in his career. Sunday's performance included six tackles, a tackle for loss, a sack for nine yards, three pass deflections, and two quarterback hits. This defense needed a playmaker who is not named J.J. Watt, and Zach Allen has been consistent. He has been playing the most snaps on that defensive line, and he has been a consistent force, very disruptive. On that sack, he was basically being held the whole time and spun around to get to Baker Mayfield. Um, I thought that he played very well, big part in stopping the run, which we talked about earlier. I do think I should. Do you think I should share my fun yes, story? Yes, you need to share what you shared to everyone that was listening on pregame radio. Anyone so yes. that was listening, not just it's on a, the radio. It, it's a, it's a great it's a great story. You do need to share it. It was pretty funny. So the morning of the game in the hotel elevator, I'm going down to get breakfast, drop my bags off, and I end up getting in. And Zach Allen's in the elevator, and we make a stop before getting to the lobby. And this couple walks in, and the man sees Zach Allen in his Cardinal sweatshirt. And he goes, oh, are you going to the game today? And he goes, yeah. And the guy goes, I'm a big Panthers fan, but I feel like the Cardinals might win. Do you feel confident you guys can beat the Panthers? And with a smirk, Zach just goes, yeah, I feel pretty confident. And so they walk off the elevator first, and Zach and I get out, and I looked at him, and I was like, that was classic. And he goes, maybe I'm hunched over too much that people can't tell that I'm a player. Massive Zach Allen. Six foot five, Zach Allen. Yeah, and had a career day game. So I wonder, he was pretty confident. I wonder if the, the guy watching TV at all, maybe not with his helmet on, recognized, maybe it clicked of who he was talking. It was just a great interaction of Zach, just very casual, very humble. Yeah, I'll be at the game. Yeah, I feel pretty confident <laughs> that the Cardinals can win. It By the way, funny. a contract year for Zach Allen. So he is playing very, very well at a great opportunity or a great opportune time. Yeah. Absolutely. There were lots of moments, good and bad, that stuck out in Sunday's 26-16 win over the Carolina Panthers. Craig, specifically your That's My Jam moment or play, what do you go to? I'm going to go very early in this game, sticking with the defense, but it was that first fourth down stop, and it was Zayvon Collins in particular. As much talk as he has received as far as his play, rookie, now in year two, But blowing up the offensive lineman, the left guard, and then getting his hands on Christian McCaffrey for no gain. Again, very early in the contest, but I think the tone was set on that entire defensive series because on third down, McCaffrey was stopped short by Dogby and Zach Allen. So that defense set the tone, 
and it showed what they were capable of doing and what they were going to do the rest of the game as far as containing Christian McCaffrey. But Zach, or excuse me, Zayvon Collins with his team best eight tackles. I've been impressed by what I've seen in the progress from week one to now through week four. And he's he's matured as a football player and he's gotten better because he's been able to now fend off blocks as opposed to getting locked up and not being able to disengage. But that time he just said, push the left guard out of the way and wrapped up McCaffrey for no gain to get the offense on the field. Now, they weren't able to do anything with that, but I think defensively it was the tone setter for the contest. Panthers went just 2 of 10 on third down, 1 of 3 on fourth downs. Q, your that's my jam. Yeah, uh, going back to J.J. Watt. J.J. Watt uh, deflecting the ball and Gardeck getting the pick. Um Set the tone. I mean, we were up three at that point. Uh, defense or offense just got stopped. Um, unfortunately, after the penalty that took us back in yards um, and settled for a field goal. But going up three, Panthers have the ball to kind of drive down the field and take the lead again. Um, JJ Watt being JJ Watt um, deflecting the ball and J- Gardeck seeing the ball, getting it, and then like he said, when he his hands on the ball, gets on the ball, his hands go up and he celebrates. Um, Great return by him. Absolutely demolished uh, Baker Mayfield on the return. Um, sent him into the pylon. But, I mean, it really set the tone for this team and kind of opened the floodgates for what we were able to do on offense. Like you said, when we have that lead and be able to play call how we want to play call and run the ball and do a lot of other things that we haven't been able to do this season, that defense really set the tone. But that J.J. Swat and then the guard act pick. Your That's My Jam goes right into That's My Jam which was the Kyler Murray four-yard rushing touchdown, which came after that turnover forced by the defense. And it's not so much the fact that it fed into the storyline all week of Kyler Murray using his legs and how statistically this team does so much better when he does use his legs. That touchdown took two plays, starting from the five-yard line. My point being for that play, the offense was finally able to capitalize on a turnover forced by the defense, something they have not really been able to do all year, something they were not able to do early on in the game. So the fact that this offense, especially in just two plays, was able to actually capitalize on a turnover forced by the defense for that complimentary football that's why that play stuck out to me. It also stealed the game. Cardinals went up, I believe, 2010 at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why that touchdown, not only Kyler Murray using his legs, which people had been asking about, but the fact that it was that complimentary football that you need to see from this team. And a great revenge block by James Conner on that, too. Absolutely laid him out to give Kyler the open end zone. By the way, I'll feed into that narrative that Kyler Murray needs to run the ball because now they are 12-1 and <laughs> when Kyler Murray rushes nine or more times. Not a bad stat. Doesn't need to be nine, but it definitely needs to be more a part of this offense within the game. And I know on Cardinal Talk, Drew Stanton talked about seeing Kyler Murray use his legs more inside the red zone as opposed to between the 20s because that's where he's most effective. But it does need to be a more focal point of this offense, especially when the offense is struggling or slow to get out of the gates. He can change that with a spark. And I think his legs were the spark on Sunday. That's what defenses fear about Kyler Murray. And that's what he's been a little more vocal about this year. And in the past, it's, I don't want to run. But he's been a little more vocal this year, understanding that if he needs to, he will run. If he has that option and that's the spark that this offense needs, being able to do that a little more. 
None of us picked this as that's my jam moment. However, it was a very interesting moment to watch, and you kind of touched on it, Q, was offensive lineman Will Hernandez being ejected. James Conner, a very late hit on James Conner in the red zone, and it was a little bit of a scuffle with Calvin Beecham and Will Hernandez, and in the midst of it all, Will Hernandez apparently hit the back of an official, which led him to being ejected an offensive line, already dealing with adversity because left guard Justin Pugh, who had been dealing with an elbow injury entering the game, left the game due to the same injury. So then you have Max Garcia at left guard. You have to put in Sean Harlow at right guard with Hernandez being ejected. What did you make of that situation of standing up for your teammate, but understanding that's a fine line to cross, Craig? I like the fact that he stood up for his teammate, and there were a lot of players that stood up, but you have to be aware of your surroundings, and that's just, it's inexcusable. It cannot happen. You cannot bump an official, even accidentally, because they don't know it, but it did put this team in a hole, and now you look moving forward. It's great to have depth with Harlow and Max Garcia, but Justin Pugh, what's his situation? Do you have to do some more shuffling on that offensive line, which again, controlled the line of scrimmage on Sunday. But uh, Will Hernandez, and it goes back to training camp where he got into it with J.J. Watt. I love Will Hernandez's aggressiveness and his uh, he's, he's, a, he's a teammate that you want in that foxhole with you. Yet at the same time, you also need to be smart about what you're doing on the field to make sure you don't cost the team. That, that was a great drive until that end and it bogged down you had first and goal at the 10 and it became like what third and goal from the 26 27 yard line that just that can't happen it just that was the one drive that you wanted to see finished with a touchdown and unfortunately it didn't yeah you also saw some fire from other guys too Beecham has showed a little fire and got into it a little bit so seeing that kind of sparking everybody in the offensive line was actually amazing to see them stand up for James Conner in that late hit. Kind of reminds me in hockey when you have an enforcer of your team kind of <laughs> yeah. needs something. Well, there's no question Will's the enforcer. Yeah. He's the refrigerator. <laughs> That's his nickname. Uh, something else to just kind of keep an eye on was Eno Benjamin taking the kickoff. Matt Prater was dealing with a right hip injury and end of the game it was Eno Benjamin who kicked off so that's definitely something to keep an eye on and on one of those kickoffs he made the special teams tackle Tackled as well he, he kicked, kicked off and, and made the tackle he earned himself a game ball by the way from head coach cliff kingsbury because of his kickoffs definitely something to keep an eye on nice to know i guess Eno has that ability all those abilities that you might need on special teams we're going to close this episode of morning scramble presented by verizon out with bring home the bacon our final segment and craig you are the one you've got that sizzling bacon time to bring it home to your wife and your daughter what are you talking about do you have any bacon by the way do you, did that was i brought the coffee i thought that was q's job i just <laughs> showed up <laughs> <laughs> blame q craig all right, two and two is not great, but it could be a whole lot worse. It hasn't looked good, but you're two and two, and that's right now all that matters. So if the San Francisco 49ers can do the Arizona Cardinals a solid on Monday Night Football for beat once, the Los Angeles Rams, I don't like rooting for other NFC West teams, just as a clarification, except in this instance. If the 49ers win, then every team in the division is two and two going into week five. So basically, you're starting, it's a reset going into week five. And I know it's a tough matchup against the Philadelphia Eagles and the home struggles. No need to get into that now. Maybe another curse gets lifted in one week's time. But going two and two, making sure everyone is even, and then move from there. They did their job week 18 last year when we failed to beat the Seahawks. True. 
when beating the Rams. So hopefully they can help us out again this week um, and beating the Rams so we can all be 2-2. Two and two. I know the Rams still have the tiebreaker, but 2-2 two and two is a lot better uh, than we expected at this point. Um, might bring home the bacon. What would it be? I feel good about the Eagles game. Cardinals by 14. Mm-hmm. Why? Whoa. By 14? Whoa. Cardinals by 14. Why? I see this team comes out <laughs> and actually brings home. Yeah. Hot take. Sizzling. Um, it's okay. Don't worry about it. 14. This team actually comes off of this momentum in the second half of this week and goes up 10 in the first quarter against the Eagles. And this defense shows that they are the defense that we are continue to talk about the last four weeks, three weeks. Um, not so much Kansas City, but um, shows that this defense is capable of shutting down a mobile quarterback and cards by 14. So I just want to make sure this is clear when we look back on this week. So not only the Cardinals winning by 14, they're up 10 in the first quarter. They have yet to score a point. If we go up 10, look for the tweet of this clip being posted on Arizona Cardinals Twitter. Okay. I think in order to get that, though, this offense has to find a way to get Rondell Moore a little more active. It was his season debut with that hamstring injury. They're, they're going to need something other than Hollywood Brown, though, to make that happen. Yeah, And not just screens behind the line of scrimmage. I'll be satisfied with just a one-point victory at this point, especially at home. That's, that's all, that's all that you need. That's how we break back. the streak of home okay. losses against the only undefeated team in the league. 14 points. Okay, it is marked. Uh, we do have to give a very special shout out to our Morning Scramble producer, Jacob Ortiz, who is now an Emmy Award winning graphic designer for the One Time in Mexico Folk Tales. We have a, a mirror, a little window behind us where we can kind of see the glare and he's waving his arms. Very excited, very deserving. Part of our Folk Tales series, it was season one last year, and these Folk Tales episodes give a in-depth, behind-the-scenes look at different kinds of stories throughout the history of this organization, not just looking at players and games, but all different kinds of stories. Season 2 actually has already started this year, starting with Rod Stevens' howling kickoff return and how that changed a couple's life forever. You can check out Season 1, Jacob Ortiz's Emmy Award-winning one-time in Mexico folktales from last year, and Season 2 on our website as well as our YouTube channel. So be sure to go check those out. All week long, more coverage about this win in Carolina on azcardinals.com. And then later on in the week, looking ahead to the Philadelphia Eagles trying to get that home win where apparently the Cardinals are going to win by two scores. For Greg Greelew and Q McCorvey, I'm Danny Sarek. Thanks so much for tuning in to Morning Scramble. Same time, same place next week. We'll see you all there.